everybody. Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Episode 164. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, ImmaculateSports.com. My tongue is fucked up once again, so I will try to limit the amount of random talking I do, but we got a good one. NFL predictions and uh, midseason awards, too. Yeah. So first week into basketball season, so we're going to be doing some overreactions from the first week that we've seen, but primarily NFL football in this one. We'll get to start with the opener. My opener is going to be the last three games for the Warriors, a team that struggled on the road last year. I believe we only won 11 games over the entire 41 that we played on the road last year. And we're three for three in the first three games of the season against I mean, the Rockets aren't good, but the Pelicans and Kings are two solid teams, and they've all been, I I don't know about close, but they've been comfortable victories, I would say. Yeah, and uh, played well in all three games, of course, thanks primarily to Stephen Curry. I know Skyler's going to talk more about him, but Chris Paul as well, too. Klay Thompson having big games. Draymond coming back. Uh, We're just starting to play good early in the season, and that's awesome to see that we're, we're finding our rhythm Maybe we talk more about them in the overreaction section. Oh, I will be for sure. Um, I like where your head's at here with the road dubs. That's obviously the big theme of the season. I'm going to focus on just the Pels game last night. Steph had 42 points and they won by 28. So that is, that's pretty massive. We know Steph still has it. And uh, those first couple games of low percentage shooting is um, not going to happen every week. So that's nice. Yeah. Moving on to where's your head at, we're getting right into it. AFC playoff predictions. Seven teams make the playoffs. There's always going to be a few teams that are just on the outside. Do you want to talk about any of those teams before we get into the seven? Sure. Uh, I will, for AFC? Yeah. I will mention Pittsburgh and Cleveland because they're obviously good teams. I just have them falling short here by game. Yeah, my three teams that went 10 and 7 but didn't get in were the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, and the New York Jets. I'm sorry, Skyler. Okay. Number seven, though, who do you got? Number seven is going to be the Jets for me. And my heart, I still think that Rodgers is coming back this year. And I, I understand if you have to see it to believe it. That's totally fine. But um, I'm not tapping out. Well, I did have you guys going ten and seven, so it's not like you had like some crazy bad stretch. Just tiebreakers yeah. didn't go your way in this scenario. My seven seed is also a ten and seven team, and it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers who just sneak in and grab that last spot. Number six. Number six, I got Miami. I feel like there's going to be some digression coming pretty soon. Usually comes with the weather. Now it's probably going to come with the some in season hard knocks too. So they're going to. Drop an extra game. So there's your 10 win instead of 11 win Dolphins. My sixth spot is going to be the 11 and six Buffalo Bills who have had some weird games as of recent where they're not really playing to their potential. And I know we see this with the Bills every year, but maybe not going to get the division this year with how good Miami's been, especially at being those bad teams, something that Buffalo hasn't been too good at five spot. Cincinnati, they're going to get 11, but they're not going to get the division. Got to play on the road. My five spot is going to be Cleveland. 
11 and six, the defense carries them, even with PJ Walker starting probably four or five total games in this entire season, at least that is, uh, but they go 11 and six, get a playoff spot, but unfortunately we'll be playing at home at least that first weekend, depending on how things go in the playoffs. Next up, the four spot, the worst division winner in the AFC. I Buffalo. Uh, like we've been saying, it's kind of hard to trust them right now, um, but I still think they're better than Miami. I still think there's a good chance to sweep Miami, and that should be enough to get them a spot. Fourth spot for me is going to be Jacksonville. I know they've played really well recently, and they don't deserve to, you know, probably go 10-7, and seven, but crazy things happen in the NFL season. Guys get hurt. You have regression out of nowhere, and I think we might see some of those things with the Jags here coming up in week four because they've been going pretty good over not in week four yeah. but coming up that is yeah and i got jacksonville here at three um similar reasons i think the end of their schedule is a little easier than buffalo's so that kind of did it for me yeah number three spots three spot for me is gonna be cincinnati going 12 and 5 they do what they have done the last three years where they start off slow and get really hot in October, November, and are damn near untouchable in December. I think that's happening again right now, especially how they've played these past few weeks. And uh, they go 12-5 and five and, and claim the division. Two spot. Two spot. I got Baltimore here with 12 wins. Uh, I really think it's their time. We've been talking about it the past couple of years. We even looked through, DJ and I, some decade predictions, and you said – that Baltimore wouldn't make it to the conference championship until the 24 playoffs. So wow. you would have been right on if this happens. Wow. Mm-hmm. My two spot is going to be Miami going 13 and four. They win the division uh, and they set themselves up for the playoffs in a pretty good spot. Going back to Baltimore though, I had them 10 and seven, you know, it's not like they had some crazy bad season. They just lose a couple games, you know, due to the weather in the AFC North or whatever that is. That's how close that division is and how close you can be from hosting a playoff game or even two to not even being in the dance when it's all said and done. So just crazy what that division is this year. And then the one spot. Kansas city. Yeah. Kansas City, number one, 13 and four for me. I'm dropping a couple games later on in the season, maybe one in like week 18 or something like that. Who knows? But uh, 13 and four for the reigning champs. Let's move on to the NFC. Any teams that just don't make the cut here? I didn't have anyone I want to mention. I had the Rams and Falcons that go eight and nine and just miss out on the playoffs. I think something that you'll notice, especially at least in my rankings, is that you're going to find the bottom tier playoff teams in the NFC have much lower records than the AFC. And that's just kind of been the story the last two, three years now at this point in the, in the NFC compared to the AFC. Who's your seven spot, though, Scott? My seven's going to New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr had a great game on Sunday, and we know he's not completely broken. So that gives me hope they can win that, you know, eight wins if that's all it takes this particular yeah. year. Number seven, I got a team that's under 500 getting in, and it's the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell is a dude that either plays amazing or plays terrible. I think he's going to have some more games that he plays really good in. Uh, maybe not too many because they are under 500, but they do just enough to claim that last spot in the NFC. On to number six. Number six, I got Seattle. 
Um, I like what they're doing a lot. I just think the Niners are better, and they're eventually going to lose some of these division games. Drop down a little bit. Number six for me is going to be where I also have Seattle. They go nine and eight, so nothing crazy in the record department. I think in their wins that we've seen these, especially the last few wins, where they haven't played the greatest. They're just mm. finding a way to get it done. I know I've said multiple times in the past that, hey, you don't need to do much. You just got to, you know, win by at least one in these games. And that's all that matters. Uh, but Seattle hasn't impressed me with their play recently. On number five. Number five, I have the Cowboys. Uh, seem to be the top wildcard team a couple years in a row now with Philly taking over. So, uh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, Dallas gets the five spot for me as well, too. They go 11-6. and six. They have the third best record in the NFC for me, but they just – the damn Eagles, man. You can't mm-hmm. beat them, then you're going to get the wildcard spot every single year. On to number four, seems to always be – the worst team in the NFC playoffs. Who is this guy? Yeah, I have the Falcons here at number four. I have them winning against New Orleans when it matters at the end and uh, and getting the spot. Uh, defense and running game, of course, it's, it's league average. It's fine. You could compete against uh, probably anyone other than a Dallas here, unfortunately, for their draw. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be New Orleans. They win the division going nine and eight. We kind of expected this going into the season, and we're still expecting it, expecting it halfway through. The three spot. Three spot, Detroit Lions. Um, they probably should have done a little more last night, but we don't need to talk about that anymore. I know you're already suffering, um, but Detroit is on to something for sure. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is going to be where I put the Niners. They go 10-7. and seven. Bit of a disappointment in the record situation but as long as you're in the dance you have a home game to start that's all that really matters and you know they get the job done in in this scenario number two number two i have the niners up a game on you um i I really think they're gonna figure it out and maybe it's not because of brock purdy at all but the fact that you have a quarterback who's very cheap and you can maneuver all this other stuff around like possible chase young extension is is just crazy there's endless opportunities for this team number two for me is going to be detroit i have them going 14 and three i think they're playing some of their best ball right now uh and they have a schedule that allows them to play really good throughout the stretch uh, just with their division and some of the other teams that they're playing i think they capitalize on it go 14 and three and win the division for like the first time in 30 years or whatever it is and then the number one spot we both know who it is right now a brotherly shove. Yeah. Eagles, 14 and 3 for me. Sounds about uh, right. Sounds right for Skyler. Uh, one thing that I noticed when I was doing my predictions is that week 18 might be amazing. Like, there was so many different games that I was choosing where so many winning one you're team. In. Yeah, yeah, winning you're yeah. in, or, you know, if you lose, you're out scenarios. There's a lot of games that go determine playoff spots. It's not going to be a, a week 18 where we just see, you know, one or two games matter and the rest of them just garbage time stuff for, for the entire game. So week 18 match enough to be a really, really fun week. So we're looking forward to that and we're only halfway there. Moving on the playoff bracket. We got to do it. Uh, the first 
wild card we or I guess super wild card weekend is what they call it now at their marketing. Uh, we'll start off in the AFC. Your five versus four, Skyler. Who do you have here? Uh, it's a really tough draw for Buffalo because Cincinnati's going to get them again, man. The five seed wins in the snow. Joe Burrow, um, ever since he's figured out his calf injury, he looks like a completely different player. And Cincinnati looks pretty unstoppable, man. Can't say the same about Buffalo. Number five for four for me is going to be Cleveland going into Jacksonville. A fun game. I feel like it's a 50-50 <laughs> for both sides. I got Jacksonville coming out on top, though, and sneaking into that next round. Six versus three. Who do you got? I got uh, Jacksonville winning at home against Miami here. It's going to be ugly, but they're going to get it done somehow, just like how they did last season. I have Buffalo versus Cincinnati in my six versus three. I see it playing out the same way that you did. Cincinnati gets the job done. Like you said, Burrow has, he just looks so much different this past week where uh, I'll go back to this one play where he, I think evaded two sacks and then rolled out and, Forget if he ran or he threw, but I've never seen him look so explosive as a mm-hmm. runner in my entire life. And he looked fast. Like, he didn't just look quarterback fast. He looked fast. And, uh, yeah, Burrow's playing good right now. So Cincinnati over Buffalo, same way that it's gone these past few years. That's actually also Sunday Night Football this week, I believe. Ooh. Seven okay. versus two. What do you got? Uh, Ravens hosting the Jets. And I just know if they get to this spot, we're losing in a heartbreaker. Uh, this isn't quite the year for us. Um, missing some key pieces all over the place. And that's all I'll say. Congrats to Baltimore. Yeah. Seven versus two for me is Pittsburgh going into Miami. And Miami stomps them. So they move on. Uh, on we'll, we'll do stay in the AFC. We'll get through there. Uh, three versus two for me the next round. Uh, who is playing your non-Kansas City highest seed. That will be Baltimore hosting Jacksonville. And that will be Baltimore winning that one. Um, Baltimore just gets a lucky draw, man, with the two seed. That's that's all all it is right here. Um, it's not like they're a bad team, but it's uh, it's perfect, perfect run. Yeah. Uh, my game here is three-seeded Cincinnati going into two-seeded Miami. Uh, if it was in Cincinnati, I would easily pick the Bengals. I think that's just a tough place to play for Miami. Uh, but being in, you know, Florida, having those two teams play each other with how they both kind of have big play mentality, uh, whether it's on offense or defense, I think it works out a little bit better for Miami and they get the dub and head into the AFC Conference Championship game. Who's playing Kansas City, Skyler? Cincinnati. We'll be coming into Arrowhead, and they're not going to get the job done this year either. Kansas City, moving on. Kind of crazy how we're building like year after year just the exact same scenarios, and it's coming up with these crazy rivalries where any combination of the three teams, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, we already know that there's going to be something that goes on regardless of which way the game goes uh my my game against kansas city is going to be jacksonville so again a playoff game that we already saw last year i don't think it works out well for jacksonville this time might be close maybe not uh, but kansas city moves on to the conference championship game up against miami so you have you see it's kansas city versus baltimore right more yes who heads to the super bowl kansas city embarrasses baltimore um 
they will not be ready for KC. A couple easy home games. Uh, it's not even going to feel like the playoffs for them. I have Miami at Kansas City. Skin was in Miami and Mike McDaniel wasn't blowing steam off and wearing all his beanie and vaping on the sideline. Uh, maybe it would work out for them, but I don't know. Andy Breeze going to have the upper hand in this one in Kansas City. Moved on to the Super Bowl because they're the Kansas City Chiefs. NFC side, five versus four. Skyler in the super wild card weekend. Who do you have? Dallas will beat the brakes off of Atlanta. I have a similar situation where Dallas is taking on the NFC South winner. For me, it's the Saints. Uh, but I have Dallas winning as much as I would like the Saints to win. Number six versus number three. Skyler, what do you have here? I got the six-seeded Seahawks going into Detroit and getting the win again. Really? Six-seed moving on. 2-0 and for the season. Believe when the Lions made the playoffs last time they played Seattle. It was in Seattle, though, and of course yes. they lose. Uh, I have Seattle going into San Francisco or Santa Clara, uh, and the Niners come out on top and move on as the three seed. Seven versus two. San Francisco takes care of the Saints. Sorry. Uh, I, I really hope we get a, you know a car that is able to move the ball downfield and give us something to watch, but uh, probably not. Well, the Lions have been searching for a playoff win for a long, long time, and I have a perfect scenario for them. Seven-seeded Washington heads into Detroit. If Detroit loses this game, <laughs> oh, man, it would be terrible. Uh, but they don't. I, realistically, there's no way Washington should beat Detroit in a playoff game in Detroit. So I got the Lions moving on to the divisional round for the first time in a long time. Congratulations. Starting off your div round. You have the Niners hosting Dallas. Dallas. How does that play mm-hmm. out? I got the Niners winning a close one again, just like it has been all these years. Uh, once again, I think San Francisco figures it out when they get healthy. Yeah, I have a three-seeded San Francisco heading into Detroit for what should be a fun game. This this game happened a couple years ago. I think it might have been last year, week one. And I think the Niners won some crazy game, like 48, 34 or something like that. But it was kind of the start of Detroit's like, are they not completely terrible? I know they went on to lose a ton of games last year, but you could really see the change in culture with Dan Campbell. And that was the beginning of it. And I think it all comes to fruition here. And they take down the Niners at Ford field for what would be an insane environment uh, yeah. on divisional weekend. Philly, who do they play in their first playoff game of the 2024 playoffs? They're going to host Seattle, and they're going to win this one easily because, like we were talking about, Seattle has, seems like every other game, they just can't really score more than 17 points, and that's not going to work against Philly. I have Dallas going into Philly. Would be a fun game until the moment it starts, until Philly absolutely destroys them uh and so i have detroit and philly in the nfc conference championship game would not want to see those two cities clash in a war but good thing it's just their football teams uh Skelly, you have sf against philly right mm-hmm. how does that play out who goes to super bowl in a rematch of last year's i have the philadelphia eagles getting upset at home in the nfc championship game san francisco gets them back 
they do it somehow. I don't care if uh, if CMC has 40 carries. They're going to pull it out. Are you trying to reverse jinx the Niners right now, dude? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, uh, <laughs> no comment from Scott. No, no My comments. conference championship game is the Detroit Lions heading to Philly, like I just said. As much as I would love for this to be an absolute crazy game, I just don't think there's a team that can really compete with Philly right now at that level. And at least in the NFC, that is. And I think Philly moves on to the Super Bowl. Once again, for a rematch of last year, you have Kansas City versus SF, which was a rematch from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I have Kansas City-Philly rematch of last year, of course. How do you think it plays out? Does Patty Mahomes get his third ring, or does the quest for six finally get completed? I think Kansas City's definitely beatable this season. We've seen this with Denver out coaching them a couple times, but I can't do it. Kansas City's going to win by a field goal, 26-23 MVP. Patrick Mahomes gets one again. Um, I don't know if that was part of the thing, but I just wanted to to say it just yeah. in case it happens, you know. That's fine. Um, uh, yeah. Kansas City. I, I really wanted to find uh, some other matchup that would be cool to watch, but – there's really only two. Yeah. I have Kansas City, Philly. Yeah, I think it plays out pretty much the exact same way as last year. You know, big game from Jalen Hurts. Big game from everybody on the offense. But one or two costly mistakes from Jalen Hurts, which has kind of been the theme for his games this year, especially when he plays bad, is one huge costly mistake or, or multiple uh, and I think that's going to be enough for Kansas City to get the dub. Mahomes, you know, isn't going to make mistakes in a game in February. And Patrick Mahomes has his third ring in the span of, what, four or five years or whatever. So, Yeah, that would start to start some uncomfortable conversations for sure. Welcome to that. the Mahomes era, man. We are in it. Uh, on to awards. The MVP is what we will start off with. We're doing our top three with it as well, too. Do you have any honorable mentions before we get into the three? Um, Sure. I wasn't planning on it, but we'll shout out to uh, I thought he was done. Yeah. And I also want to mention that these uh, are through the eight weeks or nine weeks that, or eight weeks that we've completed in the NFL. So we're not... You're not going to see Will Levis on Arroyo for predicting him to have a crazy second half or something like that. If the season ends today, how would it be? My honorable mentions are Christian McCaffrey and in honor of him tearing his Achilles, Kirk Cousins deserves to be an honorable mention for me. That's fair. On to number three. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Um, He's my my highest quarterback here, and we're going to talk about him again. I just think he's... He's had to do a lot for this team offensively, and he he's very valuable for the Ravens. Yeah. Number three for me is going to be A.J. Brown. Six straight games with over 125 receiving yards, something that's never been done in the history of the NFL. He has become the best player on this Eagles offense and damn near unstoppable. However you want to use him, whether it's the ball in his hands or going up and mossing guys downfield, He's been amazing. 933 receiving yards and five touchdowns in eight games so far this year. And he's not even the best receiver in the league right now. So maybe that hints at something else. But A.J. Brown gets my number three spot. Who's your number two? All right. CMC. Touchdown streak continues. 
the Niners lose when he gets hurt. Yeah. Number two for me is going to be TJ Watt. Eight and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, six passes deflected, one interception, two forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and a fumble return for a touchdown. Again, he just finds the ball. I know they didn't win last week against Jacksonville, but he's amazing. And I think he's having a season that would warrant a defensive player being in the MVP discussion. Number one. Uh, going with Reek. Um, keeping him at the top spot after all these weeks, it adds up. You know, he's been completely unguardable. Not a completely new offense. We've seen similar stuff before, but um, to win by only doing it is new. So he's the first half MVP. Yeah, same same here for me. Tyreek gets the first half MVP over a thousand yards in eight games and eight touchdowns. If he keeps it up, he's going to have like 200, 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns. That's obviously never been done before. Unfortunately, I do think that's kind of the season that he needs to have in order for him to win the MVP mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. But through eight weeks, how can you not pick Tyreek Hill? He's been insanely good and then he just goes back home and plays Fortnite once the game's done so shout out to Tyreek he's been amazing defensive player of the year I'll ask the consistent question yeah any honorable mentions shout out uh, a couple of Jets man Quincy and Quentin Williams two brothers just taking defense to a whole new level (laughs) number three Number three, I'm giving it to Max Crosby, though. Uh, The other night, he was all over the place. And uh, that seems to be the theme of the Raiders' defense. If if he's not making a play, probably no one will. Yeah. As much as I'd love to put Max on this list, I didn't. I thought maybe I'd be a bit biased and do it. But I put Deron Bland on it instead because he has three touchdowns. And that's an insane amount right now. He has four total picks, nine passes deflected. He's been exactly what the Cowboys defense has needed in the loss of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, and when you have uh, probably an unsustainable amount of interceptions and touchdowns through eight weeks, you got to talk about it. So Deron Bland gets the three spot for right. me on a number two. Yeah. Number two, Michael Parsons um, destroyed my team's offensive line really badly. Uh, I know it's done it most weeks, just not at the level of, Top guy, I guess, compared to uh, you, Matt. You know, I'll hold off right there. We'll wait until we get to number one before I continue. Number two, Miles Garrett, uh, eight and a half sacks, four forced fumbles. He hasn't had, you know, the touchdown play that TJ Watt has had yet, but Miles Garrett is very much like Max Crosby in their one man wrecking crewness. I know Miles has a bit more help over there in Cleveland, but he's the best part on what has been one of the best defenses in football so far. So Miles Garrett gets the two spot for me. Number one. Yeah, I think TJ Watt is going to be miles ahead of the other dudes here um, because he has multiple game-winning plays in the first half. That's the first half deep play. There's a reason you had him in your your MVP voting. Yeah. Uh, If I had him at number two in my MVP, he's obviously going to be my deep play. It's TJ Watt and – I know we say this week after week, but it's like the wind shares that in basketball where he just comes up in big moments. He has the highest 
batting average with runners in scoring position. Uh, I guess that's another analogy you could use to describe it. You just been big in big moments, and that's exactly what you got to do. Got to be to to win this award. Offensive player in the year. This is a fun one for me. I always think that the offensive player of the year should never go to a quarterback. But I had a wide receiver win in the MVP, so maybe that changes it. Honorable mention, Skyler, do you have anybody you want to talk about? I will mention Tyreek. He already won MVP for me, so I won't use him again. I have Raheem Mostert as my honorable mention. He has been going crazy 5.4 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns on the ground, plus a couple on the air as well, too. He's been amazing. Uh, on to number three. Christian McCaffrey, touchdown every game. Yeah, CMC's number three for me. And that's, like you said, touchdown every game. Yeah. Um, number two. A.J. Brown. Uh, didn't have him on the MVP, just misses. So I, I give him number two on the old play. Yeah, A.J. Brown gets number two for me as well. Number one. Lamar Jackson. Talked about it earlier. I think he's overall the most valuable offensive player this year. And um, obviously we can talk about it if we wanted with, uh, you know, Tyreek and McCaffrey scoring all those points. But in a weird year with a receiver at the MVP spot, quarterback gets the old play. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek is still my offensive player of the year because fuck them quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to the defensive rookie of the year. Coming up with the top three was pretty interesting. I don't know if you have any honorable mentions, but I feel like it's a top two and then the honorable mention. I do not. Okay. Number three for me is going to be Joey Porter Jr. He hasn't had any, you know, crazy game. He hasn't really even started a ton of games, but when he's played, he's been really, really good. And with the lack of a third guy to really stand out and get that third spot, I went with Porter. All right. My three spot, Brian Branch, nickel corner of Detroit here. Um, It's like every time you turn on Detroit this year, he just, he looks like a a seven-year vet and he's a rookie. That's, I guess that's what playing in a Bama defense does for you, huh? Yeah. Branch was a guy I wanted to put on this list. I just didn't, though. Uh, very instinctual guy, though. He is moving 100 miles per hour all the damn time, and he's very fun to watch. That is true. Uh, number two, though, Skiller, who do you got? Jalen Carter, Philly. Uh, big man, when on the field, been dominant. Um, obviously had, had some issues that made him fall in the draft, but none of that seems to be coming up this year. So good for Philly. Got a steal. Yeah. Jalen Carter's my two as well, too. He is dominant. Three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, he's going to be a problem for a long time. And he's got a perfect mentor in Fletcher Cox, too. Yeah. N- number one. Devon Witherspoon, Seattle. A um, couple of pretty cool picks this year, I believe, that were him. And at least I know one of them was. It was a pick six. Um, mm. Primetime game. And... They got some hate for for taking him over uh, a D lineman, so I guess uh, this award is a fu to the haters. Yeah, I went Witherspoon as well too. He's been a big time playmaker. Whether that's you know really showing up in the stat sheet for some plays where he you know just blows up a pass, but it's not considered a pass breakup or has a big hit. He's been great, and it looks like Seattle hit on another defensive back for the second straight year. Offensive rookie of the year through eight weeks. I'll ask it again. Any honorable mentions? Yeah, Bijan's a an honorable mention. Number three for me is gonna be Devon Achan. 
Uh, he's only played, what is it, four games so far, but he has 460 rushing yards on 12.1 yards per carry. Uh, even with only playing half the games, I think you have to put him on your list somewhere at this. I will be tying here at the three spot because after what Jameer Gibbs did last night, I couldn't leave him off either. So HN Gibbs, um, two future home run hitters, I guess is fair to say. Yeah. Number two for me is going to be Jordan Addison, seven touchdowns through eight games. Doesn't have the craziest amount of yards with 482, but still on pace to be a thousand yard receiver. And if we're looking at it, 15 plus touchdowns too. Maybe not anymore with, you know, Hall at quarterback, but he did good with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Also, Jordan Addison for me, um, clearly separating himself from the other first round receivers. That's always an important part of this. So um, he gets the spot. Number one. C.J. Stroud, this award is always going to go to a quarterback if they have a decent season. And C.J. Stroud has only thrown one interception in his first career seven games. Touchdowns are a bit down only with nine so far, but he's been good. And it's kept Houston as a relevant team through their first seven games, which I think is very surprising for a lot of people. Yes, the quarterback usually wins this award at the end of the season, but this is not the end of the season. It's the midseason, so it's going to Puka Nakua, BYU. Crazy start. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Um, and awesome. You know, I didn't get to cash in on any of those fantasy points, but uh, it's an awesome story for sure, especially with Cooper Cup going down. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. I didn't even do two and three for this just because it's such a weird award. And I'm not being born and choosing Demar Hamlin because he's played like three snaps this year, maybe. Uh, I went with T.J. Watt. He played 10 games last year, uh, but got hurt uh, pretty big at some point. So T.J. Watt coming back and being how good he is is enough for me. Skelly, you can just tell me your one through three, whatever you have. Yeah, so my winner hasn't changed. It's Brees Hall. Uh, he tore his ACL in his sixth game last year, and then all of a sudden we couldn't move the ball. This year he's been amazing. Um, I also have Mechie and Hamlin on here just because, you know, it's a different kind of comeback, but uh, mm-hmm. it's the snaps. It's it, it, You can't be playing that that limited number of snaps and be eligible for a, a big award like this, in my opinion. Um, and then I have, uh, hopefully, Rodgers. We'll fly through coach of the year here. Mm. Uh, My number three is going to be D'Amico Ryans. Like I said with Stroud, he's kept the Texans relevant through seven games. I have John Harbaugh. Uh, They could have easily lost Lamar Jackson, started a rebuild, but um, they all put it together for this first half. Number two, Mike McDaniel, best offense in football, and it's really not close. I know he's not... In his first year, you know, first year of kind of coming out as a coach, uh, which is sim- what we usually see for this award. But Mike McDaniel, I think, deserves to be in this running, and, and he gets the two spot for me. Number two spot for me, Robert Sala. Number two defense in the NFL. Um, it seems like ever since Robert Sala got here, we stopped getting blowing out and uh, start covering every single game. I noticed this because my uncle kept texting me that he's been betting on the Jets to cover, and they cover every single game. And it's like, huh, that's a good point, you know? Having a great coach is uh, 
is nice because we yeah. usually don't get this. Also hopes when you play Tommy DeVito, but uh, Bulls just class. I wasn't necessarily talking about that game, but number one, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. If he takes him and if he goes fourteen and three, like my prediction, he will get this award. Yeah, hundred percent, Dan Campbell. That does it. For NFL awards, let's move on to basketball, where we have our three overreactions to the first week of the NBA season. Skyler, what is your first overreaction? Number one, the Warriors are legit. CP3 was an awesome signing. He's making everyone better. We shouldn't have been so low on them. Not that we were, you know, saying they were going to miss the playoffs, but this is a top team in the West. Yeah. My first overreaction is Stephen Curry leads the Dubs to a 60-win season. Uh, 115 points per game on offense. Their defenses look good as well, too. Three road wins. If we just go 500 on the road or a little bit higher than that and find a way to play the same way that we did last year at home, that's a 60-win season right there. So I have the Dubs. Winning 60 in my first overreaction. Skyler, what's your second? Number two. I was right. Luca is the MVP. They're 3-0. and And he's put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can overreact to the point where Luca averages 39 points per game like he does in most 2K rebuilds. Uh, but I have him averaging a triple-double, and the Mavs make the playoffs without needing to play in. Yeah. So that's a top-six seed in the West, something that I didn't even predict them to make the play-in. Or maybe they did make the play-in. We only did top-eight. So you'll never know. But uh, okay. number three. I try to keep them all positive. So my last one, Boston, is by far the best team in the East. We both jumped the gun a little bit on uh, Milwaukee. Um, looks like Dame Lillard has the potential to take over this offense, but it's not an every night kind of situation yet. So Boston at the top of the East. My number three. You said try to keep it positive, but when this yes. team is playing bad, I can't keep it positive. The Grizzlies play themselves out of a playoff spot within the 25 games without John Morant. Maybe they play good once he comes back, but if they're sitting at, you know, 6 and 19 in those first 25 games, it's going to be really tough to get back in it. And I think the, you know, Jaw, maybe he didn't actually shoot himself in the foot with the gun he had on IG Live, but he. Yes. He uh, he did it. Uh, he hypothetically um, did it. Hypothetically did yes. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was losing the word. Figuratively did it. That's yeah. it. Uh, 0 four for the Grizzlies so far, and it's been all pretty bad losses too. Not good. On to the second half. Skyler's talking yeah. trade deadline, W's and L's. What do you got? Couple trades today. Just want to uh, just want to talk. So here we go. We'll start off with Chase Young to the Niners. Washington's getting back a a third round comp pick next year. I get it. He's expiring, but um man, a guy who was taken number two overall in the draft. Let go for a third round pick. That's a bit crazy in my opinion. I think the Niners won this one. Yeah, uh, I agree too. I do also want to say is I feel like so many like NFL trades like oh this team got fleeced for a pick I it's so very rare when we see the pick the team that the picks are going to say that they won them so maybe we yeah. need to reset our standards for stuff on what players are worth but 
I don't know. I think the Niners probably won this one by quite a bit. Well, uh, my next trade's another Washington D lineman. Montez Sweat to Chicago for a second here. And I have a similar feeling. I don't think that Chicago got fleeced here either because I don't think it's that easy to find another Montez Sweat in the second round. Montez Sweat is an elite pass rusher. So I think yeah. Chicago will be fine too. Yeah, I... Uh... I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think Chicago addresses a need that they have and Washington gets back a decently good pick from a team that is going to suck this year. So it's going to be mm-hmm. within the thirties, that pick. Mm-hmm. And I think Washington did, did good for, for Montez sweat. All right. Uh, another D lineman here. Seattle gets Leonard Williams a couple days ago. Uh, the giants, big D lineman and the giants are going to get back a second this year and a fifth next year i think this is another win-win pretty easily uh seattle drafted witherspoon instead of carter because they felt like they could find a d tackle somewhere else here he is Leonard williams he's a massive dude big cat for a reason yeah i uh like you said i think it's a w for both teams i think it's a, even a bigger w for jamal adams he gets to reunite with Leonard williams i know that that probably brought a tear to your eye knowing that those two are back yes. together and they were green on Thursday nights. Uh, good to both teams. I, I think they both addressed the the stuff that they were trying to get in the trade. All right. The last trade I want to talk about, even though I know there were a couple others today, um, Josh Dobbs going to Minnesota with the seventh four in Arizona six, sorry, Minnesota six going to Arizona. Jesus. Uh, anyways, the point here is Minnesota lost their quarterback. Here's a guy who has started every game this year, and we know he is in complete garbage. So I get it. I get it. I think it's hard to, to say anyone lost this trade. Yeah, uh, I think it's desperation from Minnesota. and It's panic, of course, too. Happens at a good time that Kirk Cousin gets hurt here before the trade deadline and you're able to make yeah. a move. Is this the move that you are you know, extremely pumped about? Probably not, but it's necessary for for doing that and uh, what it warranted. Yeah. Well, college football, man. <laughs> we just saw the uh, the first top 25 release, Ohio State at number one, um, which I expected. Alex has been blowing up my phone. I'll get back to him later. Uh, I don't need to deal with the Michigan talk right now. So let's get into <laughs> – Two games that you absolutely have to watch this weekend. We got number 12 LSU at number eight Alabama. Jaden Daniels has played himself back into the Heisman conversation. I think they're a better team, but I have Bama's defense getting the job done at home once again. Alabama beating LSU. And the second game here, always have to have some Pac-12 on there. That's uh, number five Washington going to number 20 USC. Uh, You could argue USC probably shouldn't be ranked anymore. But it's, uh, you know, Penix versus Caleb Williams. It's going to be exciting. whole lot of points scored in this one. And um, I recommend tuning in, man. Especially if you need a quarterback. Yeah. Moving on to our bets and bold predictions from this week and last week. Last week, I had a very weird week where I ended up making four total picks and I split on them so first off kansas city minus eight in my layup that did not hit but i also had the clippers minus nine for another layup that one did go uh so a bit of an awkward pick there so Skyler just gave me yellow uh 
Skyler had Houston minus three versus Carolina, and Carolina gets their first win of the year. How about that? Who would have expected? Uh, Not me. Yeah, true. This week, I have Cleveland minus eight. It's probably going to be Clayton Toon starting for Arizona in this one. I don't think Kyler Murray is ready. I'm pretty sure they already announced that at this point, and I do not think Clayton Toon is going to have a good day when Miles Garrett is running at him full force. That's fair. Um, I have uh, now ranked number 10, Ole Miss, the Rebels. They're going to cover minus three points at home against Texas A&M. Texas A&M seems to always choke these games, and uh, especially being on the road. I mean, you know, Ole Miss only lost this season as Bama. I still think they're an elite team. Last week, bull predictions, I had two of them again. I had Chicago over L.A. That did not happen on Sunday night. And I had San Antonio money line. That did happen. Actually, wait, no, it didn't. I that was not sure about this one. Yeah, they uh, they ended up losing in overtime uh, uh, against the Mavs. But Wemby debut didn't work out well. Uh, I couldn't remember which San Antonio money line you were looking for. Regardless, a tough one. Uh, for me there, Skyler had Arizona over number 11, Oregon State. That was yeah. Pac-12 after dark. It was a green, big bright green for Skyler. Good job there. This week I have Tennessee over Pittsburgh on primetime Thursday night football. That is Will Levis' second career start going up, going up against Kenny Pickett, who is injured but said he's good to go. I have Tennessee winning on the short week against uh, a pretty damn good defense. I think Will Levis rides the high. I do like that pick a lot. Will Levis looks pretty good. I don't mean to rub anything in. I know you you liked him, but uh, yeah, also no, going I'm with happy some for him. good, good. Also going with some NFL. Uh, got Tampa Bay winning in Houston. That's a, a pretty normal environment for Baker to go into. I, I think he's gonna not have to think too hard about this one and, and get an ugly win. Yeah, that's going to do it for episode 164. Damn. Next week, 165, we'll do our final MLB grades for the teams that were in the playoffs. As of the divisional round, we will be doing probably similar to what our old format is for the NFL. Maybe some added things in there so mm-hmm. we don't keep it super boring. Uh, maybe a little bit more basketball, depending on how the season's going. Been a weird and, season. Uh, anything else? Let's go Tommy DeVito. No, let's not go Tommy DeVito. He's playing the Raiders this week. I apologize. But that's that's a real Jersey kid, man. Yeah, hey, very respect. much so. Shout out. I'm surprised Skyler didn't shout him out, but shout out Thomas Morstead. Yeah. For the Jets' best player this past week. I can't believe there's a thousand punt yards in that game. Just. (laughs) Hey, man. It, it It was a bad environment for football. Bad environment for everything there. I remember I was watching. I was watching, and uh, it's right after uh, what happened. You guys, like, it was late in the game, and it was right after you guys didn't convert the fourth down, I think it was, and before uh, Graham Gano missed the the kick but is going into that drive, they pan to an Aaron Rodgers fan jersey, you know, wearing a poncho, walking Mm -hmm. out, 
uh, and you see this Giants fan flipping him off on TV and like having his beer in his other hand. And ironically, that Aaron Rodgers fan went home happy that night because his team got the dub. Maybe he didn't see, maybe he saw it on the subway. Uh, <laughs> but that was the yeah. worst game I have ever watched. But I couldn't keep my eyes off uh, off of it because it was so like puzzling. Is this shit real or am I watching? You know something that tends to happen with the Jets, fortunately. I got a taste of that last night too, watching the Raiders. I'm glad, you know, a lot of people have this year. That's the good thing about being on prime time and, and uh, you know, having a a good time slot where you can get flexed around. Yeah. And, yeah. It's about it. Go Jets, go Raiders, uh, man. Sunday night football against the Jets. We'll see how That's that goes. Uh, cool. 10 to 13. Who wins? Thomas Morstead and AJ Cole. The ageless one. See you next week. Go Dubs. To the Quan. I'm okay with that one. Let's go Dubs. Let's go.